T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Browns analyst Nathan Zagura. He joins us now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Welcome to the show, buddy. Great to be with you guys. And Dustin, welcome back from Montana. It looks spectacular. Thanks, buddy. I uh, listened to you guys Almost the whole plane ride from Bozeman yesterday. You guys sounded great. I love the Cavassier reference. <laughs> I've always thought Jerome Bogart reminded me of the ladies' man. He's the ladies' man referee, so I had to drop that in there. I was waiting all game. It was and awesome. I finally got it in. We haven't mentioned well, the referees you. yet, Nathan. Uh, is that just the Jerome Bogart special? Because, and I mean, I'm talking about both ways. There were a lot of really ticky tack, weird calls on both sides of uh, on both sides of it. Did Did you see it that way? Yeah, pretty sure that their crew throws the most flags and the most flags on visiting teams. Um, and going back, look, the biggest flag of the day, right, was a no-doubter. Tony Fields, basically Goldberg speared their punter, and and that was a major turning point in the game, I think, uh, for the Browns. But, yeah, the pass interference on Denzel, I thought the defensive holding on Ronnie, uh, I thought there were a couple other ones that felt very kind of ticky-tacky, and certainly a lot of fouls that were called on both sides that had no impact on the outcome of a play. And so, yeah, I think there, there were a lot of flags there, but certainly not the reason the Browns lost uh, this game. It was kind of more self-inflicted wounds, unfortunately, that did result in flags in some of these cases. Nathan, let's start with Deshaun. I, I thought he played better this week than he did a week yep. ago. Um, certainly made some some plays that showed, you know, why the Browns went after him. Uh, not perfect, of course, and the interception sure. was, was bad, but I definitely thought he took steps forward. Did, did you agree? hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that that was a game. When you think about juxtaposed to week one against the Houston Texans, you saw a massive step forward and you saw, I think, a lot of plays that showed why the Browns made the move they did to bring Deshaun Watson here. Was it perfect? No, there's still plenty of rust to knock off. But in terms of in rhythm, accurate ball placement, hitting guys in stride, big-time throws, the arm strength, the accuracy, all of that. You saw it. You also saw his ability to make plays out of structure. I thought the pass that he threw to Donovan Peoples-Jones while he was being sacked to the ground about 30 yards in the air accurately was one of the craziest things I've seen. The busted screen where he has the wherewithal to roll out right ends up putting a defender in conflict. Are you going to stay on your man? Are you going to come up and get me? And picks up a chunk play down the sideline of Donovan Peoples-Jones. You saw why the Browns are excited about Sean Watson. And you're right. The interception, the ball was late there. He had that one open. There were a couple of misreads, I would say, on the all-out blitz. He had Amari Cooper right in front of him on a third and 13 that I think would have been an easy conversion and completion if he, if he threw it. But you saw a guy that looked much more comfortable um, certainly in the pocket, in structure, and and then what he can do out of structure. He, he has a chance to be a special player. We saw glimpses of that. Is he fully back yet? No, but you certainly saw things to get excited about for Deshaun Watson. Nathan, when you, when you talk about that last part there, uh, the, the glimpses. There were a lot more glimpses this week, as you pointed out, than against the Texans game. But, like, what rust is there left for Deshaun to shake off? I think part of it is just, you know, understanding what you're seeing, your reads, trusting it, and and ripping it at times. I think there were a couple times where he was a little late because he wanted to see it open, and it's just kind of that, you know, the confidence that, okay, here it is, 
opening it. And yeah, people have to remember, he's doing more under center now than he has at any point in his career. And I think so sometimes some of the rhythm on that play action game, you know, is still something that he is learning. But it's it's like anything, right? It's it's trusting it, it's throwing it, it's getting on the same page with your wide receivers. I think clearly he is with Donovan Peoples Jones. Eight catches, a career high, 114 yards for him. Uh, he and David Ajoku, I thought were in a good rhythm. He and Amari, I think, have to get more in a rhythm, but Amari gutted it out yesterday, played through immense pain to be out there for the Browns. But I think that's really what it is. It's eyes, feet, being married, trusting what you're seeing, and, and not being afraid to rip the football. All right, so I've got three three parts here to this little okay. question. Ooh, okay. Like it. It's a three part. Why did Stefanski not challenge on the second down run where Deshaun appeared to get the first down? That's part one. Uh, part, right, well, part, let me, we'll go. Let's just do them. We'll do them. We'll do instead of three part. We'll do three questions with Dustin Fox. Number here, one. Here we go. Number one. So, so yeah. how, how about the no challenge there? Good question. At the time when we were doing the broadcast, I thought it was a definite first down because right. he didn't give himself up. He went forward on it. And I think my guess would be this is not without knowledge, but if they say, if the officials deem a guy to have given himself up, which is where they spotted the football, that was their determination. I don't know if that's challengeable. Okay. If it was as simple as the spot itself, then yeah, absolutely. But where they put the ball relative to where he ended up going forward, it had to mean that they felt he gave himself up. And I think that's a judgment call that probably is not okay. up for video review. Gotcha. Okay. So then how about this? So Fourth down, you take Watson out of the game. I don't get that at all. And then also, you could have taken the points there, too. So there's your your, your two parts okay. to the question. All right. So first one, bringing Jacoby. And, you know, you did it last week against Houston. He's been so good with the sneak. Everybody in the world thinks they're going to sneak. Last week, he hit him with the tight end sweep. So now they're worried, oh, what are they, what are they doing here? I'm with you. John Watson's your quarter of a billion dollar guy. Fourth down plays are your most important. I'd like to see him in there. I understand Jacoby's success in short yards, and he actually did that for Miami last year in their winning streak. He would come in in those situations for Tua and, and had success doing it. I get it. You know, you could say from just watching the tape, did the play work? Yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones was open. Jacoby overshot him. And I do think that's also a tough situation to throw, you know, a 25-yard pass and drop it into a bucket cold. I, I would I would think. Um, so the the thinking is, and, and he said in his press conference today from Kevin Stefanski was, Jacoby's been so good in those short yard situations. It gave us a variety of things we could do. That was a play we'd repped all week. We liked that play. We got the result we wanted in the sense that Donovan Peoples-Jones did separate going in the end zone. They just didn't hit the pass. Now the points. And this is something we talked about a lot today on Browns Daily. Jim and I talked about it during the broadcast. I think that, you know, you get into games and you say, we need sevens, not threes. And I understand that from a theoretical standpoint. Tyler Boyd goes out on the first series. T. Higgins was clearly not going to play. He played, I think, one snap on that opening series, and that was it. Um, it didn't have the feel to me that maybe it was going to be a shootout. And so you get a stop on their opening drive. I think it's so nice to answer with points uh, and, and kick that field goal. But you also believe you can get one yard. Now, in this case, you try to get a touchdown because it was a play-action pass. It's a tough call. It's outcome-biased in the sense that if it worked, we'd have said it was genius, right? Nobody would be questioning it. But there's something to be said for Dustin, I think, getting the points there. And, and because it's a ripple effect, and you were listening in second half, you said got on your way back yep, from, yep. from Bozeman. When we're down 23-10, to 10, if that was 23-13, to 13, then we're not going for a fourth and five. We're kicking a field goal. Now it's Great 23 point. to 16. Now it's a one possession game. The pressure now shifts to the Bengals, I think, because this is a game that they feel like they should win. 
And so it becomes different. So I think there can be a ripple effect from that. And I, I like the idea of you stop them on the opening drive. You get down into their territory. You come away with three. You now have the lead after you've each had one possession. You defer to the second half. So you're going to get that little benefit there. It's just nice to have the lead because I can tell you in the stadium when they got stopped, there was a roar from the crowd and it felt like they had actually won something and the momentum went back to Cincinnati. So if it worked, obviously it would have been a killer, right? On fourth and one, you throw a touchdown. Oh my goodness, what a start for the Browns. It didn't work. And unfortunately in this game, and you go back to Atlanta on the opening possession, similar circumstance, that field goal would have actually helped you, I think, significantly later in the game. Nathan, why are the Browns five and eight? Loaded question. I mean, wow. Coming That's in a, hot. It's, it, coming yeah, in hot. coming in big, big. I mean, I, Dustin had a nice three-parter. We were telling a story <laughs> here, and now you're just hitting me with a, a wide-open one. My answer to that would be little things have become big things for the Cleveland Browns, whether it's a blown coverage in week two against the Jets, whether it is a not failure to recover an onside kick, whether it's missed field goals against the Chargers or a turnover down in the red zone. It's just a lot of little things have added up to the Browns losing. In this one, for example, both touchdowns that were scored by the Bengals in the first half came after penalties extended drives. And it's just like the analogy we used is, you know, back in the home run chase of McGuire and Sosa, if they fouled it off and you dropped it, where's the next one going? You know it's going into the seats. And so they were able to score because they got a new lease on life that, that the Browns gave them. And I think it's those type of things. I think too often we have not played three-phase football and we have been on the wrong side of the critical plays. And you never know when they are. And it can be something like roughing the punter. When you force them, you force four punts on their first four possessions. And yet you weren't ahead, and that goes back to, again, not taking the field goal, right? Even though if it was only three, you'd like to be ahead more than that. But even if it was only three, you'd still feel like, all right, we're ahead right now. We haven't been great on offense, but we're still ahead. And then you have that roughing the punter. You would have gotten the ball around the 40. So I think it's a lot of little things and then not being on the right side of the three, four, five critical plays every game that ultimately determine outcomes. How do you clean it up? Or Man, can it be cleaned up this year? I mean, look, I think our playoff chances are less than a percent. So can it be cleaned up this year to what satisfaction? To finishing 3-1, and one, to finishing 4-0? No, absolutely. The talent's on this team. I think you saw it in this game. You saw the glimpses from Deshaun. You saw, I think, overall a good defensive performance. Miles and Clowney were both spectacular in this game. So the Browns have the talent to do it. Will they? That's the million-dollar question, and I think that's the one that will plague this team. This is a on paper, a better than a 5-8 and eight team, even with Jacoby Brissett, because the funny thing is he was certainly not the problem in the majority of those games. Did he play well against the Patriots? No, but the, they slumped us. For the most part, Jacoby Brissett played winning football for you. It's just a lot of little things that they've got to get cleaned up, and I think part of these four games now is obviously you want to go 4-0. You want to do everything you can if there's a path to the playoffs to follow it, but now it's about Deshaun getting him ready, identifying the guys on the team that – are the ones that you want to be in that new era. Much like I think Joe Burrow changed everything about Cincinnati, just his presence, his leadership, the confidence in the guys around him. That's what Deshaun Watson, you hope, will do for this team ultimately, and it's figuring out, okay, who are the guys, what are the pieces that are going to be there, and what are the pieces that we need going forward? Unfortunately, I think early in the season, you let things get away from you that have put you in the position you are now, but you still have a chance to go out there and, and win every game, and, and that's what you got to do. We'll find out if they can clean it up, because if they can't, you know, then I think at some point we can talk about, you know, 
players will they oh they just they missed this assignment they didn't execute here at some point there have to be consequences for that and I think the consequences will come in assessing this roster going into the 2023 season Nathan is it just me but the last couple of weeks with Deshaun obviously the offense is going to change a little bit more sure. shotgun at times and I'm just like watching Nick Chubb and I feel like he's more of a north-south guy gets downhill and gets going I, I just don't know the runs out of the gun with him are are, are suited for him so prior to prior to this week, I don't know mm -hmm. how this week has affected it. Nick Chubb was actually top three in the league, and for a while he was number one in the league in yards per carry out of shotgun and number one in the league in yards per carry with 11 personnel. So he had been effective, especially those shotgun runs. If you think about some of those kind gotcha. of sweeps yeah, yeah, across. Yeah. It just feels like he's just getting stretched out the last couple of weeks. What In this one, and yeah. I think this is something that you know we've got to address, is Yelda Froholt is giving it his all out there. He's our fourth string center. It was supposed to be Nick Harris. Then it was Ethan Posick. Dunn was the backup. And then Froholt. Never played center in the league before. And I think in this game, you saw a couple things. Number one, when we tried to run those stretches and get out there, we didn't do a good job of getting to the right side, the front side of DJ Reader. He blew up a lot of plays, and that came from the interior and the center into some of these plays. And then we didn't do a good job of reaching Reader where we tried to use Jed Wills to down block Reader and then loop a Joel Batonio around. Reader wrecked a lot, wreaked a lot of havoc on us, and and it's no coincidence. The Bengals with Reader on the field this year are giving up under three and a half yards a carry without him. They were giving up around five. He was dominant, but it's not just that game. You go to the Buffalo game, but what did they have in there? Froholt goes in, and Oliver is playing great football in the middle of that defense, and those people have really kind of harassed us and 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 stuffed a lot of what we're doing, spreading it out. And those teams also, both the Bills and the Bengals, have nickel and have very good nickel blitzers. And that's kind of what happened. Mike Hilton blew up a lot of these runs, and that allowed Pratt, and it allowed uh, their other linebacker, Logan Wilson. I think Wilson had 17 tackles to run free to the ball, and they were able to blow up a lot of our run games. I think you're right about Nick Chubb. He is absolutely at his best going north-south, but we have had success with these things early in the year, and even last week against the Texans, we ran the ball very effectively. This week, though, we did not at all, and, and, and it's, it's definitely becoming a little bit problematic, and so we're evolving and I think we're evolving to more of a pass first offense when you have a quarterback with the talent of Sean Watson but there are some growing pains in that and I think you're seeing is your point that you know the ground game last week Watson's presence opened a lot of things up this week it did as well Watson himself ran for 33 yards and some big ones on some of the keepers and they even had a design run that got called back on a hold that was a nice play but we've got to get back to somewhat of our fundamentals in the ground game while also I think in these four games figuring out what it is that we are with Deshaun Watson Nathan, Cade York badly wanted to attempt a 68-yard field goal at the uh, end of the first yeah. half. Should they have let him? <sighs> I would say that the Hail Mary has a very small percentage chance of success, but if you actually go back and watch that one, the ball kind of did get through. Nobody was able to catch it. And then Watson took a vicious hit. I'm actually shocked that they did not flag a roughing the passer on that. If you go back and watch that, he got crushed at the end of that play. I think that your hope is, right, your best chance is to get a penalty and then maybe get a field goal on a Hail Mary, whereas a 68-yard field goal, it was cold there, guys. That would be a monstrous ball from Cade York. And we've had the problem of kicks getting blocked. And I think that that's a real risk that you have to account for, right? To hit it 68 yards, you have to absolutely drive the football. The worst thing that could happen right there is a block and it gets run back for a touchdown. 
So I don't know that the the percent chance of making it for three was worth that risk. And then you were hoping for either a free play or a miracle on the Hail Mary. I, I think 58 yards, absolutely. 68 yards, I don't know. That's asking a lot. Here's the thing. I totally agree with you. Here's the other thing. I really liked watching Kate York get fired up. I, I did too. I don't know why, but man, when he, I was like, let's do it. Bleep it. Yeah, We're going it, streaking. Put it on me. <laughs> he he was I think he was actually I think he was maybe even offended that he was not given the opportunity to kick a 68 yard so I like that confidence and hopefully there will come some time much as last year when the playoffs for the Ravens when they needed Justin Tucker from 66 yards to pull off an improbable comeback over the Lions that will need a 66 68 yarder from Cade York you can say see I told you we should have done that in Cincinnati so not specific to that call obviously but there was the decision to 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 go for the points instead of uh, kicking the field goal in the first drive. There have yep. been other moments over the last couple of weeks where where it's left fans wondering, is this because they want to put points on the board or is it because their their trust is shaken in Cade York? Do you think we're past the point where maybe they're a little leery to go to Cade in certain situations? No, not at all. I think they have supreme confidence in Cade York. And, you know, Cade started off hot. I think he made his first eight field goals on the season, and then he had a little bit of a, a slump in the middle of the season and had some of those kicks blocked, and, and we've talked about that. But I think that the belief in Cade York is resolute, absolute, and, and no, I don't think they're doing it not to kick field goals. Cade's made, let's see, he's made his last three uh, the last two weeks. He's been three for three the last two weeks. He did have that miss against Tampa. Um, but, no, I think that there's belief in Cade York. They're not trying to not get field goals. I think it's just more of a strategy to be aggressive. And we've seen it all year, right? I mean, the, the Browns, I think 33 attempts on fourth down, which is the most in the league. That's just who – that's that's their personality. Now, we'd like our efficiency to be higher, obviously. But but right now, no, I don't think it has any reflection on Cade York. I think there's supreme confidence in Cade York's abilities. Nathan, this segment reflects very well on your abilities. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Thank you. It's tough for me to put this on the roster, Dustin because that was what last year was about. Last year was about blaming it all on Baker Mayfield. Yeah. It's all Baker's fault. If Baker had just shut it down, Case Keenum would have been Christ and Savior, and you would have been in the playoffs. Or if Baker Mayfield had just not been a butt, oh, we would have won. That Baker Mayfield, that he forced OBJ's daddy to put that on social media. Oh, that Baker. It was all Baker's fault. And turns out a year later, listen, Baker has not been vindicated. Not even with how he played Thursday. Yeah, great game. It's a I mean, great game. It doesn't mean that he's going to all of a sudden turn to this great quarterback or whatever. And he was it a was, failure in Carolina. Yeah, he was. But you also have not been vindicated. Also, Matt Rule, not great. Yeah, really bad. Now they're winning. Yeah. Yeah. And Darnold looks halfway decent. With a, with a guy that Arizona loves so much that they fired him after one year. It's oh, Steve Wilkes. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden... Uh, Panthers discovered like how to run the football. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, it's almost as if, and maybe this is somebody, somebody in the Browns organization could pass this one along to a little birdie named Kev. Uh, it's almost as if running is a mentality, and you decide to run the ball. You don't just run the ball when it's convenient, or you feel like. And you know that's what's so weird. I was watching the game yesterday. And I, I'll go back to it. I think the fourth and one call made sense. You just did the dumb thing of it was it was being cute on top of trying to be smart with Jacoby Brissett. I would have had no problem if they do the same play into Sean misses DPJ over the top. I would have been like, I get it. 
That's a throw uh, Deshaun's got to make. He didn't make it. I'll live with those results. But, like, then you would just – there are times later in the game where, like, is Kevin puckering right now? Are we really puckering? And it's it, it's like at points Kevin's like, got to get seven. And at other points it's like, well, maybe we should go ahead and run on three straight downs just to be real super conservative. What? Like, I somebody there, on – There just isn't a lot of consistency with his yes. approach. And, and somebody on Twitter, and I'm sorry I couldn't find it. We've had quite a few uh, people react to the show today. At Nick Wilson says, at DustinFox37 on, on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow us. Um, we've had a few people react on this. Mm-hmm. like, But somebody on Twitter put it perfectly. Like, he's so in on the play call. He's so in on what he's doing at that moment. He just, there's no game flow, Right. And it's almost like, and you've said it, and I've I've defended. There's no feel. It, it, yes. I feel like he stares at that damn play chart so much that he's not actually like seeing what's in front of him. Yes, and I think I think the three most likely changes are pre-first fired. Although I think special teams have been a lot better outside of the Tony Fields thing. I think I think uh, special team, you know, prefer gets fired. I think Joe Woods gets fired. And I think if Joe Woods gets fired, then you're talking about a revamping of the defensive staff. And I think the third most likely thing to happen is not Kevin Stefanski gets fired, but that he's forced to turn over play calling duties, whether that's to Alex Van Pelt or somebody else, because it's just not working. There are too many times where it's like, you know, okay, one plus one equals two, but then it's like, all right, now two plus one, well, that equals four. What? Sorry, I went a little Scott Steiner math there. I, I, a little too early for that. But you see, 50% of Kevin Stefanski's best day isn't worth 70% of Bill Belichick's worst day, minus two. Carry the two. Carry the two. Always carry the two. 216-578-0092. Let's go with Chris. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Chris, thanks for waiting, buddy. What you got? Hey, guys. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, the only words I hate hearing more than regime change is Kevin Stefanski saying, I've got to be better. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's been year after year after year now, ever since his first year he had success. 
Um, for me personally, I, I stand by the fact I think it's a domino effect. His play calling is our number one issue by far. I'm not saying he's not a capable play caller. I'm just saying a rookie coach or a first-time head coach should never be allowed to have that responsibility. That needs to be earned by somebody like an Andy Reid, a Belichick, somebody along those lines. And for uh, the organization to let him walk in and just he had, make him let him be a play caller, it's been a disaster. And I'm not saying he can't call an occasional play, but we've had just like you guys are alluding to, we constantly are making excuses and 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 you know we blame this, we blame that, we blame something else every year, and it, it all falls back on the head coach, and he's just he's not. He's just overwhelmed, I think, a little bit. The moment is too big for him because he's trying to be so focused on play calling that he's losing sight of everything else going on on that field. And that's really my, my main point. Yeah, it's it's so rough because – and I think of the call, Chris. You know, it's like when people say analytics. Well, good organizations are analytically inclined. The Browns are not the 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 uh, – the only organization on that ESPN analytics survey, uh, most oftentimes the other teams that use analytics like that, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is one of the best organizations in the NFL, right? Uh, Baltimore has gotten a lot of marks for the way they use analytics. They're one of the best organizations in the NFL. So I feel that same way about play calling. Like there are a lot of play callers who have success as the head coach. But there has to listen. There just has to be a penance paid. You've been disappointing too many, too much, and the reason why you've lost this year isn't wholly your play calling. But there have been times late in games where you've either refused to run the game, or run the game out, or or play the right way, or whatever. There have been things that have happened on the offensive side of the things that go beyond. Well, Jacoby threw an interception at the end of regulation. Okay, well, how did it get there? some of Kevin Stefanski's decisions. It's just enough. We've reached a point where serious, and to back to the original point, what Nathan had said, this isn't just about a roster. And I think it is a cop-out to say, I'm not talking about Nathan here, I think it would be a cop-out to say, wow, we got to make some tough decisions on the roster. I don't know at this point right now how much of this is roster-based and how much of this is coaching. And some of that is Kevin Stefanski's refusal to make changes at either special teams coordinator or defensive coordinator. And that, to me, might be the most damning thing about that I can say about his reign oh, as the, Listen, they'll force his hand at the end of the, this year to make moves, whether but, he wants to do it or not. But it shouldn't get there. Winning, winning, oh, win, winning there. shouldn't be collectively bargained. That's what's frustrating. Kevin Stefanski should fire guys or reassign guys or or give up play calling because it it leads to winning and what you're doing now isn't like you're by the way you're 100 right now it's if if anything happens it'll be the end of the season but the idea that Kevin Stefanski is going to come out here and fart oh I got to be better into the microphone and then you're not better it's unacceptable there's no excuse it's three years and here's the thing. The one thing you should count on with a guy who's guaranteed to get a fourth year, I would still be shocked if he didn't get a, uh, another year, Dustin. But the one thing you should count on is that guys are held accountable by the head coach is going to be there, right? There's no, There should be no doubt. And instead, sloppy plays, uh, 
weird plays at weird times. Like the Browns are beating themselves. They're five and eight. Here's the thing. They're five and eight because they've beat themselves more often than not this year. And three years into a program, it should not. Nine penalties for 98 yards and three or four dumb decisions. It should not be like that. They should ha- they should be over 500 right now. They should still be in the mix. At least for, at for, 500. I mean, they should be in the mix for the playoffs right now. They should be in the mix for this division. I don't I don't think the Ravens or the the Bengals are that much better than than Cleveland, but they're playing a hell of a lot better. Mm, by the way, Lou, yeah. the MVP, saying on Twitter, yeah. SMH, you Shake guys have no clue. We don't? Um, uh, yep, it's not. Uh, uh, well, well, I don't have a clue about much. Uh, we never said we had a clue. No. But I probably wouldn't screw up the way Kevin Stefanski screwed up right now. Let's go with uh, Joe's been waiting. Joe, we got about 30 seconds, buddy. What you got for us? Well, I want to tell you, the fourth and one play was the dumbest, most absurd <laughs> thing I've ever seen in watching the Browns for decades. It was an insult to fans. What's next with Coach Kevy? Is he going to punt on first down and have the punter be Jedrick Wills? That'd be a first. Ooh, and a mic drop and at the yeah. end of it. And a Coach Kevy. That was an old school landline. That there. was. I like that. You know, that actually might be the only thing that would get me to have a landline is the ability to call up people and so they could hear me hang up underrated experience like when you heard Bam. oh i i really i really upset an ex-girlfriend just once but really this and she called me a jackass and hung up the phone and she slammed was the, it a hard hang up yeah well it, so hard you, you felt it through through your ears that the phone <laughs> didn't actually shut off and it bounced out and she picked it up and slammed it again so you got it twice and i was like you know what can't be upset about that one can't be upset about that one. Let's take that L. I did want to make a point because uh, our friend Lou, the MVP, who said we're clueless, made a point about um, your coach had a top 10 offense with an average quarterback. And so basically pointing out that Kevin Stefanski, the play caller, isn't the issue. It's not that Kevin Stefanski, the play caller, is a bad play caller. That's not what I mean. He, he, I think he does a great job of scheming guys open. I do give him credit as the play caller for having a top 10 offense with Jacoby Brissett. My point is, if he, as the offensive play caller, if that is stopping him from being a better head coach, well, then it's not worth it. He could have the number one offense in the NFL with Jacoby Brissett if, is, if the duties as play caller yeah. is, is basically stymieing his ability to to be a better head coach, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, th- I, I think this guy is is showing us each and every week as we go that he's, I, he's probably not the answer long term. It it worries me because I I'm starting to believe you're right. I don't want to be right. I don't want to start over again. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants another godforsaken coaching search. You know, by the way, I don't think anybody trusts Jimmy Haslam to get it right this time, which is enough. I I don't want to give away. There's something I'm going to hold till tomorrow, but it's something that I've really been wondering about the state of the Browns and how you would handle this if you are Jimmy. But like at the same point. Jason Garrett's going to be our coach, isn't he? Don't. Don't you put that (laughs) evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you do it. God, that would be the worst thing. Oh, I know. 
It's it isn't Jason Garrett just an older ginger version of Kevin Stefanski? He's so creepy on TV too. Is that and uh, it was apparently a finalist for the Stanford job. Was he uh, really? That's okay. That's what reports say. I don't know if that actually happened or if his agent is just trying to get him a raise or drum up interest in him. 216-578-0092. There's like four ways I could go from there. But we're going to go with Henry. Welcome to the show. What you got for us, buddy? Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm just uh, – Kevin Savansky, like he just hinted on, if he's going to be in office, I'm going to call him plays, it's definitely hampering his coaching ability. We don't even know if he's a real coach. Maybe he thinks he's a play caller. Because clearly you see the Browns, all these penalties that we have to get, that team is not being coached at all. They just, there's no accountability. When the eggnog steak's coming out. None. Eggnog steak's coming out. Is that an eggnog steak? Eggnog steak? Shake? Oh, shake. Oh, yeah. I'm in a a, uh, McDonald's line. Oh, I love it. What what are we getting? Eggnog shake. Eggnog shake. That sounds good. Is that just a shake? I was saying he's trying to be a play caller, and he may not even be a coach. All right, let us know, uh, at Nick Wilson says, at Dustin Fox 37 about the uh, eggnog shake. All right, <laughs> I got to say it. Go ahead. I'm not an eggnog guy. No, me either. And I don't get it. It has, like, listen, I like things that are eggnog adjacent, right? Like, I, I, like, I like really. Adjacent? Yeah, like okay. a milky alcoholic drinks. Okay, that's you the You like worst white way. Russians. Yeah, I love white Russians. Over the weekend, I tried... Uh, cinnamon vanilla white Russian. I am trying to find like the holiday drink. Like I'm trying to find the follow up to the Moscow Mule. Or sorry, the. Uh, Are we still on the uh, the Mule Kick? I got I, I got I got to switch gears. I can't I can't be carrying because it's harder to find cider now. I can't be my my caramel apple mules are not transitioning late into December here. So I tried uh, peppermint uh, Russian. That did not work out that well. By the way, it was not that was not. See, a great now recipe. I was thinking about because. You know, obviously, a mule has lime juice in it. Mm-hmm. And I, this morning, I saw I've got some of that um, uh, the simply cranberry juice in the fridge. I was mm-hmm. thinking that might be a good mule. Cranberry juice mule? What do you think? Actually, I saw something like that. That'd I, be a I, good I holiday one. I think right? I saved it, but it do, it did have cranberry juice in it, and it was a mule. I can't remember any of the other things, but just now that you've said it, I did see a drink like because that. Because people, I mean, you put a, like a lime in in like a. You're doing like a vodka cranberry or something with a lime. Mm-hmm. I think I think it might make a good mule with the ginger beer. Back to anybody on this show a fan of eggnog, Dave? Okay, what? Very much. What's, you are? Yeah, love it. Like like eggnog? Sure. See, don't twist my do, arm. Do people drink it without <laughs> the booze in it? That's actually what I was going to ask you. I've never like maybe this tells you where I grew up in. I've never heard of somebody having just eggnog. I've, it's only been with. A uh, uh, highly what, what, concentrated I, amount of alcohol. I drink straight, straight eggnog, no big deal. On purpose? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So then it's not the only thing you have <sighs> in the house. No, that's not the only thing I have in my house. Okay. Do you drink I'm it just, just around the holidays? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just yeah. a holiday thing. Yeah. Seasonal. Why? Because it's only available mostly. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So what is, what is eggnog? It's 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 milk based, right? Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure. It's got cinnamon in it. It's nutmeg and egg nutmeg. And, and it's got some nog deliciousness it's got nog yeah it's real strong nog <laughs> <laughs> okay it's a, it's a no for me dog and i've tried it i've tried because everybody's like when when you talk about eggnog people are like oh you gotta try it's like uh jimmy jack's eggnog you've never had nog until you've had jimmy jack's and then you have jimmy jack's and you're like oh i also don't like this 
It's not a brand specific thing. Rodney, do you like eggnog? No. Why not? Wait, no, you agree with me. Never mind. What else do you have, buddy? Um, well, I got a couple things. The first thing I have a question for Dustin. Yeah. Because he played at the highest level. So when you have a lack of effort, missed tackles, and missed assignments, who in, in the locker room, who, who, who's to blame for that? Leadership or your coordinator? Uh, I think a lot of it's on the players. Um, I, I mean, certainly when you look at the Browns defense, I, Joe Woods is not out there making the tackles or missing the tackles. I mean, he's putting them in position. Like the, the, the flea flicker, for example, like it's just discipline. It's eye discipline. They lull you to sleep. The safety comes down, the cornerback bites, and it's an easy touchdown. Like those, those are things that's not on coaching. Right. Well, that's my, that that's, I agree with that. But the thing is like someone else said something, Cleveland has a lot of talented players, but they don't play as a team. The defense doesn't play together. Mm-hmm. It, it, they, they, it, Cleveland's defense doesn't have their offense has Chubb, uh, Watson now, and Cooper, who are leaders. They, they might not talk it, but they walk it. The defense they don't have that alpha male. They don't have a TJ Watt or or somebody like that that just demands that, that you be better. Like Parsons called his whole team out two weeks ago about the rush because he demand he, he wants to be the leader. And as yeah, I don't as, think our t- our defense has many leaders, to be honest with you. Right, but they 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 don't play together. Like even and then like yesterday, I think Stefanski is a decent play caller, not great, because I called in Saturday and they were saying what we would need to win, and I said if you don't run the ball forty plus times, counting Watson, you're not going to beat the Bengals, and they didn't, and you just go away from it. And the zone read, what you're talking about with the shotgun. Dallas runs the same offense, and they have a $30 million quarterback. But what they do with Zeke is it's a dive. When he gets the ball, it's between the guards up the middle. It's not, you know, trying to sweep around the corner unless it's Pollard because they're just not using their plays the right way. And Stefanski, you see Dan Campbell. That team is nowhere near as talented as us, but he is a fiery coach, and I think sometimes Stefanski thinks he's got to be the smartest person on the planet to coach. I mean, everything he says is mundane. I, I mean, like, I had a joke with the guy on Saturday. I was like, he probably, when he has sex, is like, oh, that was great. He has no uh, feelings. He doesn't He doesn't come up with nothing. Like, he, he's just so blah. I mean, he could be office coordinator, but I would tell him, listen, we're going to hire a head coach. All right, Rodney. We got, we got to run, buddy. Oh, that was great. That was great, Rodney. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.